With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Check, check, check. La, 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ready? Yeah. Welcome back to the Lynx Golf Podcast. This is digital editor Al Lunsford with Lynx. And this is going to be a very fun podcast for me because joining me today is one of my best friends in this world. And that's my friend Lee Gehring, who joins me from his chateau in the D.C. area. Lee, what's going on today? What's up, Al? That's, uh, that's definitely the nicest introduction I've ever had. I'm glad this is being recorded. But uh, not too much, man. Thanks for having me on the pod. It's great to be here. It's funny that that's all it took to be the nicest thing I've ever said about you. It was like one, it basically a, one compliment. It is a pretty low bar, as yeah. you know. Right. We like to have fun here. So Lee is joining me today uh, because we just saw each other on a, a Hilton Head golf weekend trip, and that was great. We played at Palmetto Dunes uh, down here in, in my neck of the woods. Played some great mediocre golf and, and had a good time with a bunch of college buddies. So that's always fun. And on the way out from Hilton Head, Lee received a very special invitation that not very few have received in their lifetimes and that is the invite to play golf at Pine Valley Golf Club in New Jersey, which, uh, what do you say? I mean, that's, that's the ultimate right there. Uh, we're going to talk about everything about his experience today because I want to know. I'm curious, uh, as I'm sure a lot of you out there are as well. So, Lee, let's, let's get into it. Let's, how about we start with you, though? Let's start with your background you know, what you do for a living and your background in the game of golf. Sure. Well, it's honestly not all that interesting, but um, from the D.C. area originally, uh, back here now, work at a private equity firm here. And, you know, I picked up the sport uh, on and off since college, really. You know, I, I played on and off casually with friends growing up. I belonged to a club on the western shore of the Chesapeake Bay called Gibson Island. It's a cool little spot, unique little nine-hole course designed by McDonald Rayner. Originally 18 holes. Um, walking around the island, it's pretty neat. You can see the remnants of the back nine and the old greens and such. But being from D.C., you know, I played lacrosse growing up, a uh, big sport in the mid-Atlantic, and came to UNC with you, uh, and everyone played golf. So I got some clubs, but I didn't take it very seriously. Just wanted to get out there with you guys. But that all started to change when I met my now soon-to-be wife a little over three years ago. She comes from a big golf family. Her dad, my future father-in-law, played college golf at Loyola. He's now the president of the Maryland State Golf Association, and he lives and breathes the sports. And her brother is an absolute stick as well. So I, I knew that it was just a matter of time before I was going to get invited to play with them. So I knew I had to improve. So it's, I've been working hard over the last two years to get better. And I've really fallen in love with the sport since, but that's a little bit about me. You have improved dramatically, I think, since the first time I saw you play golf. And 
Um, it's a testament to your athleticism, I think, but hard work too. Yeah. I mean, you're seeing firsthand. It's not like you overnight, you, you figure something out and you gain 10 strokes just like that. It's yeah, you know, it's one of the sports that you can, you know, you make these leaps every once in a while, then you plateau and you make another leap and then you plateau. But yeah, it's been fun putting a lot of time into it and seeing the rewards of that. But uh, I just, I love it because it's, you know, a lifelong endeavor. You know, you're never, you can always get better. You're going through highs and lows and, you know, it's a, a sport you can play late into your life. So uh, I love it. I've got the bug, as, as you know, and uh, I'm in it. I'm, t- I'm totally in it right now. <laughs> <laughs> you played yesterday, right, at Gibson? What, how'd you play? Did okay. I, I met up with a, a buddy, my my fiance said she was uh, going to cocktail hour with her friends. So I immediately jumped in my car, shot down to Gibson Island, which is about an hour drive from where I live in Chevy Chase. Um, met up with some buddies who were on the third hole when I got there. And it's a very casual, casual place. And uh, jumped in with them and played pretty well. And uh, it was a beautiful day yesterday in the area. It's like it was 75 degrees when I got out there and sunny and one of those freak October, late October days that you couldn't pass up, but, um, it was fun getting out there. Yeah, that's the best. And I know I'm, I've had like a standing invite there. I feel like, you know, I think I'm right about that. Um, so I, I want to capitalize on that too. Cause I've, I've seen a lot of good pictures of that place and love Rainer and, and McDonald and, and those template whole designs. So it's cool. It's a shorter course and people come, you know, it's, it's pretty forgiving off the tee, but you can find yourself in trouble. And it's a, a pretty cool tour of the Island as you go around the course. And we're, you know, we're actually going to start a, a renovation on the course to, to bring back some of the old features of the old course. And so that's, that's going to be taking place over the next decade or so. So I feel like, golf's got a lot of momentum right now and COVID and yeah, as a way for people to just get outside, socialize while being socially distant. I feel like maybe it's just me, but uh, I see a lot more people on the course, a lot more young people. And some of us having a bit of a renaissance here, it feels like. No, you're absolutely right. And the data supports that we've, we've had a podcast previously on that topic and I just got an email yesterday that it continues to improve and, and we're seeing record highs in participation. So, you know, it's, it's interesting that you say that surface level, you can, you can actually see that at your club. Um, so that's pretty awesome. You know, what it isn't, what hasn't gained momentum is your wedding. I know we were, we were supposed to have that a while ago. So yeah, congratulations again. And, and, It'll happen, I'm sure, but we're, we're we've had some delays, unfortunately. We've had some delays, yeah. Uh, third time's a charm now. Um, so thanks. We're uh, we're getting married next month, <laughs> and yeah, lot lots of changes uh, along the way. But getting married next month, and then we'll do a bit of a the, you know the bigger celebration next summer, uh, and that'll actually be at the Chevy Chase Club, which her family belongs to, which has a beautiful course, definitely long-standing tradition in the sport. So I'm really looking forward to that too. Hopefully get out there and play them, you know, day before my wedding or something, maybe day of, who knows? I don't know if she'll let me. Straight from the altar to the first team. <laughs> exactly. Maybe. We'll see. All right. Let's get to, let's get down to brass tacks here. Do it. Let's get to your uh, banner day that 
you recently got to experience. And what I want to start with is, you know, when you got the invitation, initial thoughts and planning, and then we'll talk about everything that, that spiraled during that day. So walk me through how you got this invite or, or what happened there. Yeah. I mean, you were intimately involved in the, you were my first call when I got the invite. You know, like you said, we were wrapping up a trip, um, a college reunion of sorts celebrating you actually and your 30th birthday, which was awesome. But I was sitting in the airport lobby on my way home that Sunday. Uh, we had just played another 18 and uh, was feeling pretty beaten up and battered with a, a, a weekend with you hooligans. So I was sitting in the airport and kind of nursing my wounds from the weekend when I got an email uh, from a firm we work with that said something along the lines of, you know, Lee, haven't been able to connect with you. I think this email may change that. Uh, and I was like, well, you have my attention. Uh, what could you possibly be saying? And, and saw it was an invitation to play Pine Valley the following Tuesday. And I'm super embarrassed. And I know people listening probably hate me right now, but I had to Google Pine Valley. And so uh, I Googled it. I was like, wow, this looks, this looks like a pretty interesting invitation. And I called you and you basically told me, you got to be kidding me. Drop everything. And that's what I did. I blocked my calendar. I moved stuff around. I protected the day at all costs. And, uh, and again, for those serious lifelong golfers listening, I'm sorry, I don't deserve this honor, but I wasn't going to turn it down. So I don't, yeah, I don't think that's like, so to me, if you, you play a lot of golf, but if you're not like really into the rankings and stuff and, and really have a, this breadth of knowledge about golf everywhere. I mean, this is an ultra private club that very few people get to play and it is high on the rankings, but if you're not into that stuff, you mm-hmm. would, you may not recognize that right off the bat. So I think that's okay. okay. And, and I don't know, there are no requirements to, to earn this invite from your golfing acumen. Right. It just happens because you, you kind of hit the jackpot. Somehow. <laughs> somehow. So, somehow. so yes. So yes, I, adamantly said you have to do this yeah you basically told me you know if it was your first born child's baptism you're gonna have to move it yeah i said that yeah verbatim i think i can go back and get the the read receipts <laughs> uh but yeah i mean the next week right was just was preparation and studying up and and reading every blog and every forum and uh i could about pine valley and watching the golf digest flyover, which is super cool. If people haven't seen it, the hole by hole. And I was just trying to kind of soak in all the folklore around Pine Valley. So, you know, while I am relatively new to this sport, I knew how special this invite was and I wanted to be able to fully appreciate it. So I read up as much as I could. I hit the range a fair amount without trying to wear myself out. Meticulously cleaned my clubs over and over again. I could barely sleep. It was like Christmas. Yeah, it felt like a kid again. It was awesome. That seems about right. I, I think I would follow suit there. I want to make sure, you know, I've gone to the range at least once to, to try to get some sort of idea in my head. The bag is looking sharp. I've cleaned that whole thing out. There's no 
there's no uh, expired bananas in my bag or anything like right. that. I, I did have to pull an expired banana out of my bag recently. So that comes to top of mind. Mm. Pretty gross. Um, mm. Over time, the things you can pull from the depths of your golf bag. That doesn't but, surprise me about you, Al. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, it was well-intended, you know, I got yeah. a snack in the bag, healthy snack, you know, yeah. potassium, no cramps, nothing like yeah. that. Uh, just did not get eaten. So, um, but yeah, I, I think I would do the same thing as you too, in terms of going online, checking out the layout, just building that anticipation. So it comes to the day where, where you're about to go to Pine Valley. So let's start at the beginning, wake up, coffee. Yes. Hit the road. Yes. So tea time was at 1230. I was told to get there at 1030 driving up from DC. I thought I left myself plenty of time. Uh, it's about a two hour drive, but I was on the road by, by eight to give myself a 30 minute buffer. I jumped on 95. I kid you not about halfway up. I realized I forgot my hanging clothes for dinner that night. Uh, because what was special was we were, we were going to stay the night, have dinner, and I'm like, I called Mary and I was like, I forgot my hanging clothes. I can't turn around. She's like, you're going to be fine in your golf clothes. I'm like, no, I'm not. So I, <laughs> I kid you not, I stopped at a Target off the interstate and sprinted in and ran to the men's clothing section and geared up. I got, I mean, Target's got some great stuff, man. <laughs> it really does. So I got some khakis. I got a sweater. Uh, the main clubhouse is closed. So it was it was casual. Normally, you have to be like coat and tie for dinner, but it was casual. But I still didn't want to be wearing my golf gear. So Target saved me. Got back in the car. So that kind of scrambled my brain a little bit. But uh, jumped off uh, off the interstate into you know pulled off the exit into a pretty humble part of uh, suburban New Jersey. And you know I had read about kind of the um, you know, the drive in, but I still thought, man, I can't be in the right place. This is a, a very quiet community. There can't be a world-class golf course anywhere around here. And then you see the amusement park that you read about. Uh, and then I knew I was in the right place. So that's when I really started to zone in. And uh, as you come up to the amusement park, you jump on a little two lane road for about a mile. And it's on one side, these little, modest rancher style homes on the left-hand side and train tracks on your right. It was a beautiful time of year. The leaves just starting to pop. Uh, at, at the end of the road, there's a basically an entrance to a hiking trail right in front of you, a little gravel parking lot. And then off to the right, you see the train tracks and you see a small white guard house with a green roof. And that's when I'd seen pictures of that and I knew I had arrived. So that was pretty cool pulling up. That's so awesome. The understated. I love that. And I've been to places like that before where it's like all of a sudden you're there. Like yeah. You have no idea, but that's funny too about the amusement park. Is it like big roller coasters and stuff? Like, yeah. Oh, I mean, amusement park. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. It's uh, roller coasters as you go by, and uh, I guess it still operates in the summer. I think it's been around for a long, long time. Um, but I guess it's an operating amusement park. I was reading about, but yeah, and I can absolutely see you now sprinting into the the target. <laughs> 
I need khakis now. <laughs> Where is the men's clothing? <laughs> I, yeah, I had no time to. I was like, what waist size am I? I forget. Like, <laughs> I just pulled up the sweater. I didn't try it on. I grabbed a, a, a white button down, ran out. I made sure to like get rid of the evidence. I like threw the target bag in the trunk and ripped off all the, the tags on the clothes before I got there. So, you know, if I had to bring my clothes in right away, no one saw like a target bag. As I, <laughs> I walked in. That's so cool. So uh, what's the first thing that happened when, once you arrived? Yeah. So you pull across the train tracks and come up to the, the guard house. There's a little, uh, I, so I guess Pine Valley is a little, its own city or municipality of sorts. It's got its own police force, uh, its own courthouse. Uh, so it, you see that on your right. And again, another small little white understated building. You pull up to the, the guard house and the guard came out with this clipboard. And I'm just kind of like in awe because you've been reading about this place. Um, you've been hearing about this place. You've been talking to golfers who, like you were saying, I can't believe you go there. So I'm kind of in awe. And the guard gives me the directions to the cabin that I'll be staying in that night. And I just totally blacked out, did not hear him or just went in one ear, went out the other. So I had to get him to tell me the directions again. I was like, I'm sorry, sir. Can you just repeat all of that one more time? <laughs> so off to a good start. And so I got the directions again. I was like saying the back in my head, I was like, okay, okay. I think I know where I'm going and uh, pulled it off to the right. You cross over the first uh, or maybe I think it's the second whole fairway. You're watching out for, for groups of play and pulled up to the cabin and uh, outside was my playing partner for the day, which was part of the reason that made the experience even that much more unique. I had the opportunity to play with Jay Siegel that day and I read up on him beforehand. He's had an incredible career as a U.S. amateur before turning pro. Uh, and went on to win a bunch of events on the Champions Tour. But like I said, he was a U.S. amateur, British amateur. Uh, he competed in nine Walker Cups. He played in the Masters a bunch of times. He was the low amateur three times. And he was out outside the cabin waiting for me. Uh, so I pulled in. Uh, and this was cool. I mean, this was his home course where he won the Walker Cup as a playing captain. So seeing him pulling in, pulling out my clubs, uh, and meeting him was, was pretty cool. That's a, yeah, I, I was really intrigued by that aspect of your day because I felt like I had heard that name too and went back and looked. It wasn't exactly what I expected. It was a much cooler story about this guy than I had imagined with his amateur success. I mean, he's one of the only guys to win that mid-am and the, the U.S. amateur in the same year. And then has a, an injury that, you know, prevents him from kind of taking advantage and, and becoming a pro right then. Goes into insurance, like just lives this normal life while continuing to play amateur golf. And then it's like, you know what? I'm 50. Like, let's give this senior tour a try. And then immediately wins like eight times. Yeah. It was just yeah. the coolest thing ever. Yeah. He was, uh, he was the most gracious, welcoming host as well. Just a super down to earth. I mean, he, he saw me a wide eyed, you know, just trying to take it all in. And he, he's one of those guys that just puts you at ease being around him, just tons of stories and 
Um, again, this was his home course. So, uh, you know, I felt like I was meeting like, you know, the godfather himself of Pine Valley. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> getting to play with them. So <laughs> no pressure, right? Yeah. Well, first impression, obviously really cool. What'd you do ahead of your round? Yeah, so we immediately put the clubs in the cart. No time to even unload the car and get settled in the cabin. We uh, headed directly to the practice facilities, which are awesome. They had probably a dozen or so different greens to hit at. Uh, Just gorgeous landscape. And honestly, I was worried the way I was hitting them out there. Uh, Everyone was in the zone. No one was talking to each other on the practice range. People were there to play. Everyone was getting ready for their round at Pine Valley. And I wasn't hitting them that well. And I thought, well, I can't bring this out to the course. So I tried to clear my head. And, you know, we finished up at the practice facility. We jumped back in the cart and headed for a quick lunch. The main clubhouse was closed. We had uh, lunch out on the patio of another building. And at lunch, I guess the special there is the turtle soup, uh, which I had had. And they have a bottle of sherry on the middle of the table. Uh, that I guess everyone passes the sherry around and, and gives themselves a shot in their turtle soup. And I was pretty heavy handed on the sherry because of the way that my practice session had gone. And so I thought maybe, Hey, maybe this will help. So then it was go time. We, we wrapped up, we had a, a quick sandwich um, and we headed to the first hole. Dude, I love the turtle soup. I, I love that like signature thing about this place and, is really good. I had it again at dinner <laughs> with more share. Is it like you go crackers? Is it like a hearty thing, liquidy? It's, uh, it's like uh, almost like a clam chowder or something. But I, I thought it was like, turtle soup. I don't want to eat turtle. It was actually delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go, you got to get the turtle soup. Okay. All right. So before you get into the actual round itself, yeah, I like to do this if someone's giving me like a, a play for play or, or walking me through the course, I like to go and pull up if I can a hole by hole tour that you, you see online, you can find a bunch of yeah. people who have reviewed courses and take a bunch of pictures. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to walk as you walk me through what your day was like. And I would encourage others to do this, go find a, uh, a hole by hole tour from somebody on the internet and, and follow along. Uh, to really get the visual of what Lee is talking about here. So first tee, yeah. what, do, what do you see out there? Well, you don't see much fairway. Um, so, you know, heading to the first hole, I got introduced to my caddy. Uh, his name was Leo. He was awesome. He'd been working there for 51 years on and off. So he and Jay went way back and he was all business. He you know, there's nothing worse than a caddy that's up in your grill about all he knows about the course and giving you tips and this and that. And, oh, you're playing great when you're really not. Leo was the opposite. He was reserved, helpful, steady, calm, which was great to have on the first tee box. But uh, I'd heard on the first tee, there was a sign that said no mulligans. I guess that was gone, but it was still very much an implicit rule. Uh, we were a group of eight, so we were the first foursome up. Uh, again, Jay uh, was my playing partner. And so I just jumped out there. I wanted to be first in the tee box, get it over with. And my, uh, what I was telling myself going into the, into the day was don't worry about how you play. First swing, make good contact, just put it out there. And 
try and soak it all in. But being first up, I grabbed my driver and did not ask my caddy for the distance to the fairway bunker on the turn. And sure enough, I hit a good shot and uh, just found my way into that bunker. And it was kind of like, welcome to Pine Valley. Uh, and it was, yeah, as I, as I quickly found out, and as you'll read about online, as people say, Pine Valley is essentially one big bunker with occasional patches of grass. So number one, out of the sand and intimidating green. If you are left, right, or long, you're basically picking up. Uh, so I had a, a great third shot, somehow made par, um, which was a about a, the most dream start that you could have. So that was pretty cool. That is the best feeling. I'm the king of like double bogey starts on like a very bucket list type of course experience. Like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Uh, and I also love how you're just like immediately like, get me in that sand. Let's go. What do you got, Pine Valley? <laughs> But then probably listen to your caddy the rest of the day. Yeah, it was the last time I didn't take his advice off. I just wanted to get it over with. But yeah, yeah. So I'll just go through a couple of them. On the front is the front really stands out to me because that was when I was really soaking it in. And but yeah, on number two, I think that is the first hole that really hit me um, because it is so distinctive in the way it looks you know, it is a elevated green, probably 60 feet up and you just got these mountains of sand and you can only see the tip of the flagstick on your post shot, you know, off the tee, I hit it into the sand once again, punched out in the fairway. Third shot is approach shot. Leo came up. He doesn't ever, you know, I, I never needed a range finder all day. He, you know, he could walk to a spot on the fairway and tell you exactly where you needed to be. Um, I put it up there. I thought I flew it, which would put you in some serious trouble if you fly that green. Uh, I managed to barely, barely stay on. And so Jay could see I was nervous walking up to the second green. Uh, and he, he volunteered that he once seven putted this green during the crump cup. So no pressure. I two putted for bogey and I took it. Uh, but Jay, you know, Jay was just great at just making you feel at ease. And uh, just funny for a legend like that to be like, yeah, I, in competition, I seven putted this hole. <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty neat. Yeah. And then just a few other, like quickly on the, on the front on three, it was a beautiful par three all downhill hit a good seven iron right front edge of the green, which trickled down, had a birdie look, which didn't think I'd get all day, ran it past, but thankfully uh, the greens had gotten a fair amount of rain leading up to the day we played. And the caddy basically said, your putt just now would have been off the green the week before. <laughs> so, wow. You know, made par on four, par four. Um, so the sherry definitely had helped. So, you know, I'm a 16 handicap. I was one over through four, and that was pretty uh, unique. I knew it was going to come crashing down sooner rather than later, and it did on number five. Number five, I definitely encourage people to look at online. It's the most intimidating par three I've ever played that I can think of. It's like 240 yards over water, and I hit one OB, and Jay came up to me. It's like, I've been watching something in your swing. Do you mind if I give you a tip? 
as if I didn't have, you know, enough running through my head already to be getting tips on the fly, uh, then having to try to implement them to please the legend. Uh, so I gave it a try. He had me like quiet up my left knee on my takeaway. Uh, number five, I carded my first eight and uh, settled back into my typical golf. And Jay, after my first eight, basically said, welcome, welcome to Pine Valley. So that was unique. And then, you know, put together the, the, the other memorable experience in the front was, uh, was number seven. That was probably the hole that was most that I'll take away from me um, or take with me for a long, long time. That's the one with Hell's Half Acre, par five, 640 yards. It was the best hole of the day for me. Driver to the fairway, three hybrid over Hell's Half Acre, uh, and then hit a seven iron draw onto this big sloping green and two putted for par. So that was the highlight of the day for me. Leo told me, you don't see many GIRs on number seven. So definitely make sure you remember that one. That was sweet. That's so cool. Is it one of those places where you're like, is it hard to to focus on the actual golf because of the environment? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, uh, everyone is very serious about the golf there. People aren't mm-hmm. there, honestly, to relax. They're there to play and test, test themselves against a great course. So, you know, it's, it was pretty quiet among the group. People were soaking it all in and, uh, you know, I think as you walk around, it's the, the topography is like nothing you've ever seen before. It looks like a lunar landscape. That's the best way I could describe it. It's this orangish, yellowish sand that's not, you know, kept sand. It's not like bunkers you would see, but it's natural sand. And we had this kind of cloudy day and it really felt like you were on Mars or something. So it's just, um, it, it was the most unique landscape I'd ever seen. Pretty special. What I'm looking at now, I'm, I've gotten to the point you're on the front nine. Yeah. Uh, the halfway house is, looks like it's in the bottom of an old uh, water tower. Is that right? Yeah. And they've decorated it as like a windmill, um, but it is a water tower. And uh, you first come up on it, I think on number eight, uh, by the way. So up until number eight, you, you have these, big sloping greens. They're just, they're beautiful. But number eight is like a double green setup and the left green was in play. And your approach shot on that, if you're playing the left green, look it up. It looks like the size of my living room carpet that you're hitting on to. I mean, it is, it, yeah. So that was, that was pretty intimidating hole. But um, yeah, yeah, the turn is really cool. They've, they've got this little um, halfway house in the, water tower that looks like a windmill and inside there's these uh, a wall of signed balls and we took a moment got a beer and and just went through the the case of balls and looked for signatures and yeah I snapped a picture of Arnold Palmer's ball which is pretty cool and just just knowing that those you know the greats have been through this same little halfway house was pretty cool oh that sounds special you know and you and you know the whole time I mean you know the whole day pretty much that you're a, a one of the fortunate few to to have this experience and see this stuff. But a thing like that, it's like, you know, no one comes in here. Yeah. This is, this is, yeah. this is very cool. Yeah, exactly. It was, uh, the whole place had an aura about it of that. Just, uh, and in every hole, you can't see another hole while you're playing the hole you're on basically. So it's just at every turn you're seeing a new landscape 
but it was, I mean, it was a great day. The back nine, the memorable holes were, uh, for me, just number 15 and number 18. Number 15 was an incredibly difficult par five. Uh, check it out. Number 18 was probably the most beautiful finishing hole in golf. Your second shot on 18 is over sand, over water, over a road, and then over sand again uh, onto an <laughs> elevated green. <laughs> so you're just... Uh, that that's pretty cool, and 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 so fifteen and eighteen were were awesome on the back. But I mean, it was a great day, and again, Jay was an amazing host. Uh, Jay Jay and my caddy Leo clearly had known each other for a very long time. He insisted that Leo take a tee shot every hole, and Leo would always be like, "Maybe the next hole, Mister Siegel." <laughs> oh my gosh! So uh, it was just fun. It was relaxed for for how intense of an environment it was pretty relaxed and so and then after the round you know we got back changed quickly into my target clothes and uh the the main clubhouse was closed we went to dinner again at the same place we had lunch and had the turtle snapper soup which gave me that good juju to start we had the rack of lamb uh, which is what jay ordered so i got that and uh after dinner jay stuck around the cabin for cocktails and the cabins are so cool and unique. Like if you're able to play, if you're able to stay the night, even if you can't play two days, get in the night before or stay the night after, like I did, uh, definitely do it. Cause the cabins are so cool. They each have a putting green out back that's lit up and they're incredibly well-maintained putting greens. So after dinner, everyone went to their bag, grabbed their putters, grabbed a cocktail, grabbed a cigar, uh, and we had putting competitions late into the night. And Jay lasted pretty long too, which was fun to, to hang out with him. But I mean, in general, man, no frills. You're there for golf at a high level. It's punishing, but it's also very fair. Like if you hit a good shot, you'll be rewarded. If you hit a bad shot, you're picking up or you're, you're carding an eight. So it just has this aura about it uh, that you know, I really appreciated. And it was definitely a humbling experience. I hope, I love this sport. I hope one day I can, I can come back there and have more years of appreciation for the sport and, and play it again. But who knows? I think this, this is uh, when people say once in a lifetime, uh, this definitely falls in that bucket. So it was uh, amazing. Can you imagine if you didn't go? Like if I had been like, that's pretty cool, I guess. But, you know, if you have other things that you need to do, it's, it's okay. Yeah. I, uh, I'll never forget this one. Uh, it's good advice. And, uh, <laughs> you're not the only person to tell me that, that, that you would be an idiot not to, to jump on it. But I mean, it's every, it lives up to the hype. You know, you read about it. It's perennial number one. I, uh, I hope I can play it later in my, in my career. Yeah, if Jay uh, needs needs an extra next time you guys go out there, um, feel free. I, I think I can make it work in my schedule as well. I'll see what I can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Well, Lee, I appreciate it. I hope people, uh, this this satisfies their curiosity and, and their wondering about this place. Probably not. It probably only intensifies it and, and makes them want to play it more. But that's the idea. I mean, this is... This is a one-of-a-kind golf experience that, you know, everyone would be so lucky to get. 
And and I'm glad I could get an insider's look from you at it. Now I'm just even more jealous though. Like, I, why do I do this to myself, really? It's, this, is, this is a terrible idea. Hey, aren't you going to play Band in Dunes this weekend? Uh, yeah, so I, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's true. I, I'm pretty fortunate enough myself to to get out there for the first time, and I will certainly let all of you know and and let Lee know how that goes for me. We got 36 a day for three straight days coming up, so I'm going to be a battered man, and I'm not Maybe. extremely confident about my game right now. So we'll see what happens. Maybe uh, maybe I can interview you uh, next week on the pod about your experience. Great idea. Great idea. <laughs> we'll hop back on the Zoom call again. But Lee, thanks again, man. This is, this is cool. This is really fun to do this with you. And uh, I hope that all the people who listen to this on your end that you send it to enjoy it as well. Thanks. It was great. Thanks for having me on. It was awesome. And uh, I love keeping up with you on the pod. And you're doing a great job. You're the man. And... Uh, <laughs> Any time. Have, have fun out there. All right. Good luck with the wedding. Let's get Thanks, it done. Man. All right, buddy. See you, man.